Does it make a difference in your life that God is faithful? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. We know from God's Word He is faithful. How should that change our life? I trust it has changed your life. It changed the life of Abraham. We turn to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and we read verses 8 through 19. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore there was born even of one man and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith, without receiving the promises, but having seen them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, They would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. Let's pray. Father in heaven, these are words that you have given to us by the inspiration of your Spirit for our instruction today. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us, that you would give us ears to hear, and help us to trust you that you indeed are a faithful God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When you are convinced that God is faithful, it radically changes your life. That is the theme of Hebrews chapter 11, and we see that illustrated in the lives of many Old Testament saints. Think of Noah, convinced that God would keep his promise of sending a flood upon the earth, He spent over 100 years building a boat. And I'm sure people were watching and thought, this guy is crazy. This guy is nuts. It's never rained before. We're out in the middle of the desert. And yet, Noah believed that God would be faithful to his word. Consider Moses. Moses believed that God would keep his promise of delivering his people from bondage in Egypt. And he chose, rather than all the treasures of, of, of Egypt, to, to lead a, a rebellious people through the deserts. People probably thought he was nuts too. But Moses believed that God is faithful 
to his word. We look at our text today, you see the same in the life of Abraham? Abraham was convinced that God would be faithful to his promise and it radically changed his life. And there's four ways I want you to notice this morning from our text of what change comes when you believe God. First of all, when you believe that God is faithful, the direction of your life changes. I find the story of Abraham to be quite interesting. When God first called him to follow the Lord in Genesis chapter 12, it changed the direction of his life. And this wasn't an easy thing for Abraham. God was asking him to leave his comfort zone in order to go where God wanted him to go. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. So he was told by God to leave everything that was familiar to him. Your country, your relatives, your family, I am calling you to go to a place that I will show you. There was a man by the name of Adoniram Judson, graduated from college and seminary, and he received a call from a very fashionable church in Boston to become an assistant pastor. Everybody congratulated him. Wow, what an amazing thing that you would be called to serve in that congregation. His mother and sister rejoiced. Their son was going to be living right by them, ministering among them, and they thought that was absolutely wonderful. Judge then shook his head and he said, My work is not here. God is calling me beyond the seas. And he said to stay here, even to serve God in ministry, I feel would be only partial obedience. And I could not be happy in that. Would you be willing to leave your comfort zone? Would you be willing to go if God calls you to go? It may not mean leaving this land, going to another country, or leaving your family and going somewhere else. But in some way, God's call to you just might stretch you a little bit. Is that possible? Or God has something in store for you that, that maybe surprises you, maybe is beyond what you thought you would ever do. <laughs> I've, I've had some surprises in my life. Boy, I never thought I would be called into ministry. Some of the places I ended up, I thought, wow, you really want me to be here? It's just like, whoa, God, you're, you, you, you were stretching me in, in, in various ways. Maybe you might even say, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. <laughs> Ever thought that before? God wants you to do something. You say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You must mean the other Bill or the other Fred or the other Joel. You couldn't mean, couldn't mean me. But you know what happens when you follow God's call for your life? You will be blessed and you will be a blessing. That's what God told Abraham, didn't he? In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, he said, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. Who would not want to be blessed and be a blessing? Huh? 
God may have something for you that might surprise you a little bit, might stretch you. So are you willing to leave your, your comfort zone? Most of us have a comfort zone, don't we? But God sometimes moves us beyond that. It was that case for Abraham. And I find it interesting when God called Abraham to follow him, Abraham did not know what the result was going to be, did he? In verse 8 of our text, it says, When Abraham was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. All that God told him in Genesis 12 verse 1 was that he was going to a land which I will show you. Abraham didn't know what that would be. But God says, you just follow me and I'll show you the place where I want you to be. Again, I ask, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to say, Lord, lead me where you want me to go? Or would you have wanted a few more details? Okay, God, if you're calling me to go somewhere, could you just let me in on, you know, where that would be and what you would want me to do? Would you have wanted to know the end result of God's plan first before you obeyed? Many people, that's what they would want, but that's not walking by faith, is it? It was by faith that Abraham followed God's call. It was not by sight. It was not by, here's the way I'm going to lead you. Here's my plan for your life for the next 40 years in great detail. Abraham was given none of that. And if God gave us all the details of everything he wanted us to do beforehand, what do you think would happen? I think some of us would say, I'm not sure that's the place I want to go. I'm not sure that's what I want to do. It is by faith that we respond to God's call. I remember when God was calling me into ministry and I had, you know, had excuses and reasons why, you know, you got the wrong Peter and all this and that. And, and I used to look at the life of Abraham and I think, you know, wow, I mean, this guy, he followed the Lord, didn't know where he's going, but I started thinking, I don't know where I'm going either, right? I don't know where God's plan was going to lead me. None of us really do, do we? In many ways, we're just like Abraham. When we follow God's plan for our life, we don't know where it's going to lead us, right? How could we? That's where we trust His faithfulness. We trust His guiding hand. And when God says, here's what I want you to do, what did Abraham do? He said, okay. He obeyed. Leaving home, not knowing where he's going, but he said, God, you're faithful, and I'm going to follow you. So when you believe that God is faithful, the direction of your life changes. Secondly, when you believe that God is faithful, your focus in life changes. When Abraham left his hometown of Ur, The Chaldean Empire was at the height of its prosperity. And as far as material things were concerned, Abraham probably had it pretty good. Wouldn't you say we got it pretty good here? Huh? We got it pretty good in our country as well. But notice what it was like 
When Abraham got to the land of Canaan, verse 9, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. So after God had told him he was going to bless him, do you think that maybe Abraham was wondering, this wasn't really what I expected. You're going to bless me and you lead me to this land and, and I'm an alien in the land and have no place to call my own. I'm, I'm living in a, in a tent. God, is, is, is this what you had planned for me? How many of you like to sleep in a tent? How many of you like to live in a tent? Not so bad if you're going to sleep in a tent for a few nights, but Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they were living in tents. I remember one of the last times we slept in a tent, I said, oh my goodness, I am getting way too old for this. How old was Abraham? Seventy-five when God called him. You seventy-fivers and above, how would you like to sleep in a tent every night on the ground? Get a little old after a while, wouldn't it? I, I would imagine it would. One night is, is, is sufficient. We can say we did that, right? Kids, we, we slept at a tent, so we got that over with. The land that had been promised to Abraham never became his own personal possession. In fact, he even had to buy a piece of land to bury his wife Sarah because he had none of his own. <laughs> So if it was difficult for Abraham to follow the Lord when he didn't know where he was going, it was even more difficult for him when he got to Canaan and had no place for all his own. That promise was fulfilled hundreds of years later that the people of Israel were given the land, but it wasn't fulfilled at the time of, of Abraham. You know what it likes to be an alien? To feel like a stranger in this world? If you are a believer in Jesus, you should know exactly how it feels because that's what we are. Scripture describes us as aliens. Our citizenship is where? It's in heaven, right? This world is not our home. We are just passing through, aren't we? And like Abraham, he was looking for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We don't feel at home in this world, do we, as believers? Because we have a different focus. We have a different world view. We don't think like the world thinks. We don't act like the world acts. We don't talk like the world talks. And guess what? Because of that the world does not like us. Let me put it bluntly, the world hates us. And what Jesus said in John 15, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. So life as an alien here can be a challenge for the Christian, right? 
And I've said this before, but I think it's going to become even more challenging as time goes on to live as a Christian in this world. We are not loved by the world. We are aliens. This world is is not our home. So what was it that enabled Abraham to live like a stranger in the promised land? Verse 10, he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. What is that saying? Abraham had an eternal focus. Not an earthly focus, but an eternal focus. And Abraham realized that his ultimate promised land was the land of heaven. And that is remarkable if you think about it, because Abraham didn't have the, the, all the, the scripture that we do, right? He didn't have godly examples to lead him to action. Didn't have the prophets to encourage him. What did he have? All that Abraham had was the Word of God. God's Word to him. That's all he had. And guess what? That was enough. Right? That was enough. He had the promise of God's Word, and that was all that he needed. And that ought to be all that we need to make it in this world. We have the promise of God that this world is not our home. And it's far better in the heavenly promised land than it is here. Instead of living in a tent, Abraham would be living in the city of the living God. Instead of having a home down here that was held down by tent pegs, He would have a home with foundations. Instead of living in a temporary dwelling as a stranger, he would be living in an eternal dwelling as a son. In the very presence of the Lord. And that's what gave him the strength to go on to live the life of honoring the Lord as an alien in this world. And and those who followed him as well. Look at verse 13. The writer says, All these died in faith without receiving the promises. Many of them did not see that day when the land of Canaan became the the possession of the people of Israel. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth, for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they left, like Abraham, they would have had opportunity to return, to go back to Ur, like where he used to live. Verse 16 says, But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city. Them. Good to know. God is preparing a place for us. Remember what Jesus said? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. Some of our loved ones are already there, aren't they? With Jesus. What a day that will be 
that we see him face to face. Living with eternity in view. Focus on eternal things. Is that how we are living in this world? Or are we getting caught up with all the things of this world and gathering everything we can one day to leave it all behind anyhow? Or are we living with eternity in view? When you believe that God is faithful, your focus, your focus in life changes. Then thirdly, when you believe that God is faithful, your power in life changes. Instead of relying on your own limited power, you rely on God's unlimited power. Before Isaac was born, Abraham and Sarah struggled some, didn't they, with the promise God had given them? They were old. Sarah had never been able to have children, even in her younger years. And in Genesis chapter 16, they were ten years down the road from that promise. So instead of being 75, Abraham was 85. No child, no fulfillment of that promise. And so they were starting to wonder, Hmm, what's going to happen? So Sarah comes up with the idea, you know, we have Hagar, this slave girl of ours, so let's just have a child through her. And so Abraham agrees, and Ishmael is born. What seemed reasonable at the time ended up being a great, great heartache. Because this brought division between Sarah and Hagar, between Sarah and Abraham. There was conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. And there is still conflict today between the Arabs and the Jews. And it goes back that far. Isn't that interesting how far the consequences can be when people do not trust God and go their own way and do their own thing? And so they experienced that. And it was a struggle. When you doubt God's commitment to keep His promise and you rely on your own human power and wisdom in one way or another, there's a price to pay. Some of us can look back at our life and say, you know what? That was a foolish choice because I didn't trust God. I went my own way and did my own thing. But when you believe that God will do what He says He will do, you just might see God working in some amazing ways, right? Abraham and Sarah saw that. The supernatural birth of Isaac, verse 11 says, By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life. Why? Since she considered him faithful who had promised. There it is. Therefore there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead. (laughs) What a way to describe him. Many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. That was the promise that God gave to Abraham. Your descendants will be like the sand and like the stars. And so everywhere Abraham walked and looked, there was that reminder. If he looked up, there was the reminder of the promise of God. God was going to make a great nation of him. And so that which appeared to be absolutely impossible, right? Sarah giving birth to a baby, absolutely impossible, became a reality 
They trusted that God would keep his promise. I mentioned Adoniram Judson. He was called to go to Burma. And he obeyed in spite of leaving home, leaving his comfort zone. And God blessed his ministry in a wonderful way. But it took some time as well for him. Six years into his ministry in Burma, not one single convert. What would you have done? Well, after three years there with no converts, people were questioning. Should you be there? Did you get the wrong signal? Should you have stayed in Boston and pastored that church that you were called to? So they asked him, what evidence do you have of ultimate success? You know what he said? As much as there is a God who will fulfill all his promises. He was walking by faith, wasn't he? Not by sight, because by sight, things weren't going well. Six years and not one single convert. But boy, I'll tell you, then the dam broke and tens of thousands of people came to the Lord through that ministry in the years to come. Do you believe that there is a God who will fulfill all His promises? That's what these men did. And it changed their lives. Notice finally, when you believe that God is faithful, your confidence in life changes. There's no question that most, the most difficult test that Abraham ever faced was to offer his son Isaac on the altar. He loved his son like any father loves his son. But think of it, the promise of God that he would make of Abraham a great nation was wrapped up in that boy. And now God was saying, I want you to go to Mount Moriah. I want you to offer him on the altar there. Abraham obeyed, didn't he? Took that three-day journey to Mount Moriah, and I can just imagine, I don't know if, what he was thinking, but if that was me, you're walking along, and there's your son by, and you're thinking, I'm offering him on the altar. But he obeyed. He went. He did what God called him to do. And so, if it meant that Isaac would die, what would happen to the promise? The promise was wrapped up in that boy. So the death of Isaac would mean the death of God's promise. But that's not how Abraham saw it, did he? Look at what our text says in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. Look at verse 19. It says, Abraham considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. So here's Abraham trying to figure this out. Okay, okay you've given me this son. And in this Son is the fulfillment of the promise. Through Him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And now you're saying, 
You want me to offer this son as a sacrifice on the altar. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? How in the world is this going to work? But as he considered it, he was so confident that God would keep his promise that even if it meant that Isaac would die, God, you're just going to have to raise him to life. You're just going to have to raise him to life because your promise is so certain. Isn't that amazing? Why was he so confident? I would suggest to you that at least one reason why he was so confident is because he had already experienced a, a resurrection of sorts in his own body. You know what it said about his body? Good as dead. It says about Sarah's womb? Dead. And yet from these two old people who were as good as dead, God created life. And Abraham is considering all these things. And I kind of wonder if that was part of it. God, our bodies are as good as dead and you created life from those bodies. If it means that Isaac actually dies, that is no problem for you to raise that son from the dead. No wonder Abraham surrendered completely to God's plan for his life. When you are convinced that God is faithful to his promise, it radically changes your life. Doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. In one of his books, Bill Bright told a story of what happened in Armenia in 1988. Samuel and Daniel sent their young son Armand off to school. But before he went to school, Samuel, his dad, knelt down eyeball to eyeball, looked in the eyes of his son and said, have a good day at school. And I want you to remember, no matter what, I will always be there for you. Hours later, there was a powerful earthquake that rocked that area. Buildings crumbled. Electrical power went out everywhere. People panicked. And in the midst of the pandemonium, they were wondering, what happened to Armand? The radio announced that estimates of deaths were in the thousands. People were trapped under beams and rubble and flattened buildings. Even schools were destroyed. Samuel grabbed his coat and went for the schoolyard. And when he reached the area, the building where Armand went to school was just nothing but rubble. He began weeping. Parents gathered there whose children were in that school weeping. And so he found the place where Armand's room was in that school. He started to dig. Removing beams and clearing out debris and and he, he, he was told by, by others, what are, what, are you, what are you doing? This is, this is hopeless. He said, I'm, I'm digging for my son. He said, you're just going to make matters worse. The building is unstable. And Samuel said, are you going to help me? There was a fireman warning him, you know, we'll take care of this. And, and Samuel looked at him and said, aren't you going to help me? 
Everybody that told him not to do that, that's the same thing he said. Aren't you going to help me? He dug and dug and removed beams all through the night to the middle of the next day. And finally he heard a voice. It was Armand. Papa, Armand, is that you? Yes, it's me. And so he dug further and, and then he told him, he said, Armand, come out now. And he said, no. He said, let the other kids come out first because I know you'll get me. And so child after child emerged. Fourteen of them were saved that day. And, and Armand said to his dad, he said, I told the other kids not to worry. I told them that if you were alive, you would save me. And when you saved me, they would be saved. And he said to his dad, you promised. Dad, you promised that you'd always be there for me. That little boy believed the word of his father. He promised. And can we not believe the word of our Heavenly Father, who promises us and keeps every promise and is faithful to all of His Word. Yes, we can. And we ought to. And that's what makes the difference in our lives. When you are convinced that God is faithful to His promises, it changes your life. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Your word is truth. You are faithful. We've sung that today. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Help us to live in light of that. Help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord. Help us like Abraham to be looking for that city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We can be confident of the promises of your word because you are Faithful. May we live in light of that faithfulness day by day. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake.